Good morning. Today's daf is daf Chof Aleph. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas. Etel. Etel ben Arav Yisrael Meir and Matishah Mordechai ben Yosef. May the Neshamas have an aliyah and the memory be a blessing. Um, we got up to about the 10th last line on Chof Amud Beis 20b. Um, it's quoting back to the Mishnah. It says, Yesh lo schus ha hoisa, etc. If, a, if the soita drinks the water, but she has a schus, it will delay it. And we said it could delay it from, depending on her schus, one, two, or three hours. Oh, one, two, or three, three years. Three years, yeah. So, Mani, Mani, Sinloi, Abba Yoisi ben Hanan, Veloi, Rebbe Lozab, Rebbe Yitzchak, Ishkfar, Derok. The Mishnah, Veloi, Rebbe Yishmol. The Mishnah doesn't seem to line up with any of the three opinions which mention how long a, mit- a mitzvah can protect. Why? The Tanya, im yeishos chus toilelo shloisho chadoshim. We learned in a bright, the Tanya we learned in a bright, im yeishos chus toilelo shloisho chadoshim kedei hakoros ha'uber. Divrei Abba Yoisi ben Hanan. Abba Yoisi ben Hanan says that if she has merit, it can delay her punishment up to three months. I, the time it would take for a fetus to be recognizable. We always say that a, from three months is when you start, when it's clear that a woman is pregnant. Rabbi Lezer ben Yitzchak Ishkfar Dorom. I mean, Rabbi Lezer from Dorom said, Tes Chadoshim, nine months. And Neymar, as the Apostle says, Veniksa Venizra Zarosh. She will be keen and she will have children. That's the bracha we generally learn by the innocent soita. But here we're saying the bracha does have some effect or the, the, it does play out on a woman who has chus. This aspect of she will have zera. So the first opinion learns it as three months when the zera, the ubar, becomes recognizable. And the second opinion, no, a full nine months when it would be possible for, to ha- for her to have a child. Uh, have a child. A child that is fitting to count. Rabbi Yishmuel Oimeh, the third opinion Rabbi Yishmuel says, Shnaim Osor Chodesh. He says now 12 months. So this is, I mean, this is where the point, we, we're going to bring Rabbi Yishmuel's source now, but this is the problem. It's our Mishnah said it can protect up to three years. And we've seen three opinions of three months, nine months, one year. So where's the opinion that gets three years? But just before we get there, Rabbi Yishmuel said 12 months. And he says, I don't have a clear proof, but I've got a hint to it. Uh, it says, see as it's written, this is by Daniel and uh, Nebuchadnezzar. It says, He said to him, my, my, king, my, my king, let my advice be good for you, that with you can redeem your sins with charity and your graciousness to the and your and your sins, your 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 different types of sins will be redeemed through charity and graciousness to the poor, and you will then have shalom for long. Uksiv, and the pasuk there writes, All the punishments came on Nebuchadnezzar. Uksiv, but it's written there. It says at the end of twelve months. So you see. Um, Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, oh, you, there's this prophecy with all this trouble that will happen to you. Give tzedakah and it will put it off. And we see how long did it put off all his punishments for 12 months. So there Rabbi Shmuel says, you see from there that you get 12 months. So then the Gemara says, so the Gemara is again stuck with where do we see three years. So he says, La'ilam Rabbi Shmuel, it is actually Rabbi Shmuel. And he found another pasuk which teaches, Dilsiv as it's written, Ko'amar Hashem al-Shloisha Pishay Edom. Hashem says, 
regarding the three sins of Adam. It says, um, yeah, for three, for three years, he will delay the sins of Adam. So there he says, oh, well, we've seen that Hashem delays the sins for a year. What's three of that? Must be three years. So that's how Rabbi Shmuel, the, the, the Rabbi Shmuel updated his opinion when he interpreted that pasuk um, from, uh, from Amos. It says now, What do you mean that there's no proof? It's a hint. This seems pretty explicit. Nebuchadnezzar got an extra 12 months. Um, very clear. He says, no. He says, maybe what different because Din is not as particular with them. Or Din isn't meted out as quickly to them. Why not? Because we know um, Rishoyim have a, connect, a greater connection to this world and they get their reward and their existence in this world. So they're more likely to have a longer period of grace from Hashem in this world. Whereas the Israel and Sadiqim, whose whole thing is to get into Olam Haba, they might be punished and sooner in this world. Um, sooner in this world. I think that's how I understood it. Okay, let's carry on. Then we mentioned, so we said that she can get, with her schus, she can get up to three years of her punishment delayed. And just the question I was wondering, um, she's going to go back to her husband. And if she did commit what, and then in a few years, three years down the line, she's going to uh, suffer the sickness of the soita. So, but there's a she shouldn't be allowed back to her husband. Okay, so something to think about. Yeah, some tell. Yeah, some sort of tell. Yeah, doesn't say. Another child, yeah. and then suddenly found out that she was uh, a mm. Yeah, so I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, so it is. What merit? What counts as merit? So, maybe you'll say it's from her learning Torah. It says, If she learns Torah, she's someone who's not commanded and does a mitzvah. We know that someone who's commanded to do it and does a mitzvah is much greater. So, we're kind of saying it doesn't make sense that. Torah granted she'll get some reward for learning Torah. Since she's not commanded in it, it doesn't sound like it's significant enough to protect her. Um, interesting to discuss here is the difference, and we're not going to go, but I'll just mention some points. And, um, the difference between men and women learning Torah, as we mentioned yesterday, and it will become relevant uh, for Lauren today's stuff, that um, even women have to learn Torah for the parts of the Torah that they have to practice and keep, they need to know how to act. But it seems that Torah learning, granted it's great and it's special and there is an aspect of Torah learning, they're not like men who are commanded to learn Torah for its own sake. And that's why we learn Torah and in yeshivas they pride themselves on learning Torah. That's not necessarily practical. The goal is to learn Torah. Whereas women, the whole purpose is, is part of their mitzvahs. So it might actually be just more similar this is one way of looking at it, more similar to when, a, when you build a sukkah. So that's not the mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah, it's hetcher mitzvah, it's preparation of the mitzvah, which is essential and great. So, so too when a woman learns Torah, could be included in part of the mitzvah because it's, she needs to learn to practice. But there's, okay, there's a discussion on the different aspect of a woman and her obligation to learn Torah. Um, Ella's chuste mitzvah, so it must be the chus of a mitzvah. Chuste mitzvah, mimo goyne kolahai. So it must be because a mitzvah she's done. 
But would the mitzvah afford that much protection? It says, Rabbi Menachem Bar Yoisi, Rabbi Menachem Bar Yoisi made the following drosha. Kiner mitzvah v'tara or, this is from Mishlei, um, says that a mitzvah is like a candle and Torah is like light. Says, the Torah connects, says a mitzvah is more similar to a candle and Torah like light. It says, a mitzvah is compared to a candle to tell you that just as a candle only affords you protection or light for a short while, so to a mitzvah only protects for a short while, for that moment. Yeah, for that moment. And that's to teach you that just as Torah is compared to light, to teach you that just as Torah light lasts is forever, so too the Torah protects forever. Vaimer and the Pasuk says, this is the Pasuk previous to the one that Ner Mitzvah Torah are. I'll just read the whole passage just because we're going to darshan it. It says, When you go, it will lead you. When you lie down, it will guard you. And when you wake up, that will be, um, it will be an advocate on your behalf. Says, That's referring to Olam Zeh. When you lie down, it will protect you. That's when a person dies. It will protect him in the future. That's in the future. And then he gives the parable. It says, This is a parable according to someone who's stumbling in the pitch black of night. And he has all these multiple fears. This is a metaphor for this world. We're stumbling through in the dark. Um, Yitzhahara trying to derail us at every moment. And that's what these are referred to. Koitzim or yeah, thorns, ditches, uh, thistles, dangerous animals, bandits, gangsters. He says, He doesn't know which way he's going. That's, a th- that's another problem. He or if he gets a torch, he's saved from the thorns and the ditches and the thistles. But he still has to worry about dangerous animals. This, this, ca- this lamp he's carrying is not going to help him against uh, dangerous animals or gangsters. Um, Rashi explains that uh, um, that's the the, the, ca- the, the the torch, the lamp is a candle. And that saves him from some of the punishments and calamities that would come on him in his life. But again, he still has these greater fears of uh, darkness, of the, of the Yetzirah, of doing Avera. It says, And he also doesn't know which way he's going on. So, And once dawn comes, well then he's saved from dangerous animals and list him. And it, Rashi brings the Pasuk to show that animals roam at night. But again, once it's light, you're much safer from those aspects as well. But he still does, and that's uh, where? Well, let's see. No, uh, not necessarily. Just uh, that—that could be. That's a metaphor for Torah. 
So if he gets Torah, then he's also saved from uh, sin and suffering. It says, Once dawn comes, but he still doesn't know which way he's going. When he reaches the crossroads, he will be saved from all of them. I'm going to leave this metaphor for when the Gemara discusses what does it mean when it says Pashas Drachim. So we'll come back and explain this shortly. It says, Another explanation. I think it's expressing along the same idea. Um, but just before we go there, interest the, the Maral explains what is... What, Oh, yeah, let's go a bit further. An Avera can extinguish a mitzvah, but an Avera cannot extinguish Torah. Much water is not able to extinguish the love. And Rashi points out that in Shira Shirim, Ava is often a metaphor for Torah. So Rabbi Yosef explains, A mitzvah a mitzvah, when you delve into it, it protects and it saves. Protects is from Puranios and saves is from the Yetzahara. When you're not doing the mitzvah, it will still protect, but it will not save you from the Yetzahara. So it will protect you from punishment, but it won't save you from the Yetzahara. Torah. Torah, whether you're busy learning Torah or even after you finish learning Torah, it will protect and it will save you from the Yetzahara. So this is how um, Rav Yosef explains. And this, this fits in well with our metaphor that a nair, a candle, a mitzvah is temporary. So it only protects you from, it only protects you from sin while you're doing the mitzvah. Um, and from Puronios, whereas Torah, the light, is infinite, never ending, and therefore it will protect you even after you stop learning, I, even when you, I guess, finish your Tachyomishir and go back into the, and, and step outside. But what do we bring from here? We see that mitzvahs won't protect someone from sinning in the future, but they will protect the person from Puronios, from uh, calamities and punishments. So that's, so mitzvahs are strong enough, where we're holding at the moment, is mitzvahs are strong enough to protect a sota. Rabbah challenged us. says, what about two phenomenal phenomenal tamidei chachomim, who... Did they not delve into Torah? And still it didn't protect them in their future from coming to sin. So you can't tell me that Torah will, you learn Torah now, you're going to be protected from sinning in the future. Toyaganapi um, Tofel went from being, well, from the greatest of Talmidei Chachomim in the times of um, Shaul and David Amelech. Toyag was the one who spoke Loshan Hora, tried to always get David in trouble with Shaul. Toyag was the one who, he actually carried out the killing of uh, but he brought about the decree of Shaul to kill Nov Irakahanim, terribly evil. And Achitoifel betrayed uh, David. He was his close confidence, his uh, Rebbe. And he went off and actually joined Avshalom's rebellion against um, David. So the, they went from, and, and the Gomorrah in Achelik says they were, they were some of the regular people who don't get Chalik La'alam Hava. They make it to that shortlist. El Omar Rabbah. 
Torah be'ina da'asek ba'magina ma'afle. It says, while you're learning Torah, it protects you. Again, magina is protects from punishment or matzla and saves you from the yetara, from avera. Be'ina da'asek ba, agunay migna atzulay lo matzla. At the time when it is protect, and when you are not learning it, it still protects you from punishment, but it doesn't protect you from the from sinning in the future. Okay, so that's how Dagan Avigdov said. Mitzvah. And a mitzvah, whether you're doing the mitzvah, whether you're not doing the mitzvah, it protects you from punishment, but it does not save you from the Yetzirah. So Torah and mitzvahs, according to this, according to Rabbah, both Torah and mitzvahs don't protect you from future sin, but at the time of doing the action, Torah protects you from sin. Mitzvahs do not protect you from sin. Tosus asks on this, but wait. <laughs> yeah. Tosus asks, but then where we were saying ner is like a mitzvah because it's temporary, and Torah is like or because it's permanent. But the way we've explained that there's no difference in what's temporary and what's permanent. He says as follows, he says, V'tayma, ma hai dektani b'braisa, tole es ha-mitzvah b'neh, ma ner, e'na megina ele lefisha, af mitzvah e'na megina ele lefisha. He says, let's say we said ner is like a mitzvah because just as a mitzvah only, a candle only, a mitzvah is like a ner because just as a candle only protects you for a limited, for the moment, so to uh, mitzvahs only protect you for the moment. So now what's this mitzvah protect you from? If you're going to tell me it protects you from the Yetzirah, well, as we've said, mitzvahs don't protect you from the Yetzirah at all. So there's no short time. There's no time. And if you're going to tell me it's to protect you from Puronius, well, we said mitzvahs can protect you forever. So again, there's no limited time. And he says, we said that Torah is compared to or because it protects you forever. He says, well, If you're going to tell me it protects you from Puranios, well, we said mitzvahs also protect you from Puranios, from uh, calamities and punishments while you're going. He says, Well, if you want to tell me it's because of the Yetzirah, well, it also doesn't protect you even temporarily. So we don't really find by mitzvahs, according to Rabbi's explanation, Toysus is... But tamer, he says, tamer is a very strong word. He's bewildered. He says, I, we don't find that there's something about a mitzvah that's short-term and not long-term, and we don't find something about Torah that's long-term as opposed to short-term, unlike a mitzvah. So he's baffled with how Rabbah is going to fit in. There are those who come with answers, but that's Tosa's question. It's a, I think it's a very strong question on this chat. Ravina Omar Lo'olam Zuchus Torah. Ravina says, so, oh, so where are we holding at the moment? Okay, so we understand that the Sota can be protected by her mitzvahs as we see. Um, oh, no, mitzvahs can't protect long term. Yeah, so, so that's the question. That's where we, um, according to this answer, a Sota is not protected by her mitzvahs. mitzvahs mitzvah and Torah don't protect against future sin. And from Puranios, mitzvahs. mitzvahs do pre- well, mitzvahs do protect from Puranias, didn't we say? Yeah, no, he's a, this chat also says that mitzvahs afford protection for the future. He says, um, let's just read Rava again. Torah be'ina da'asek ba'magino ha'matzla be'ina da'asek ba'agunei magna atzulei la'matzla. 
Torah, when you're delving into it, it protects and it saves, protects from Puranias and saves from Yetzirah. But in the Delasic bar, when you are learning Torah, when you're not learning, sorry, that's when you are learning Torah. When you're not learning Torah, it protects you from Puranias, but it doesn't save you from future sin. Mitzvah, doesn't ever save you from doing sin. Whether you're busy doing a mitzvah now, or you did a mitzvah yesterday, it's not going to save you from sin. But it will protect you now and going ahead from uh, punishment. So, that, so it will protect you from a sota. Ravina gives a different answer. Um, but before we get to that answer, just to discuss a few points, and the morale explains that we say that Nair is a mitzvah and Torah is or. What's the uh, what's the significance? What's the why? Why does why is a mitzvah so limited to short term and very uh, almost quantifiable, whereas Torah is not? So he explains very beautifully. He says because you've got to remember the study of Torah is sichlis. Sichlis we would say is intellectual, using the brain, but in the morale it's the it's the studying of godly wisdom. It's using our brain, which is our connection to Hashem. So we would we would maybe use closer to the word like almost neshama. That's what the seichel is, and that was seichel. So studying Torah is seichelis. It's not limited to the physical world. It's much more expansive. It doesn't have time restrictions or restraints. Just a quick example: you can shake lulav only on sukkahs, but you can learn maseches sukkah the whole year round. You can do Saita only in the base of Mikdash, and you can sit 2,000 years after the destruction of the base of Mikdash and learn about the Saita. There's no, it's, we see that it's beyond the physical dimensions, quantifiable and limited, whereas mitzvahs are done with the body. So your hand that does the mitzvah, it's, uh, it's limited to the physical world within its time and physicality. Whereas again, so the study of Torah is not, so it's a directly... It's in direct uh, proportion, the seichel and the, the way you do the mitzvah and the way you learn Torah. And it, it's saying, so, again, um, yeah, since a mitzvah is only, is very tied to the physical world, it offers that limited protection, etc. Um, the Nefesh Achaim in Shar Dalet, he goes at length, that's Rukhan Velozhin, at length about the greatness of Torah learning and, the, and some of the high levels of learning Torah. So he brings this, uh, in, amongst those in Perich of Tess, he says, he brings this drosha that we've discussed, that Torah is like, uh, um, mitzvah is like a candle, and Torah is like or. Um, and he brings that, it, uh, they afford protection, etc. Um, and then he explains that, he explains very interesting from the Zohar, he says, according to the Zohar, we know that mitzvahs correspond to each of the limbs. We say they're tariag mitzvahs. And they correspond, the 365 negative mitzvahs um, respond to the gidim, etc. of the person. And the 248 positive correspond to the limbs of a person. And therefore, when you do a mitzvah, it affords that limb, to a degree, the protection. But again, it's, each mitzvah is connected to a very limited part of him. Whereas he says, but Torah, um, but Torah, we know that um, it says... Where was it? Um, yeah, okay, and he brings a few more proofs and sources for that. But he says, but by Torah it's written, Marpe. It heals all his flesh. 
and he brings the Gemara in a Ruvin which says Chosh and he brings the Posuk for that Chosh if you have a headache learn Torah if you have a sore throat learn Torah etc each part of your body the Gemara there goes through and brings a Posuk that Torah heals that so you see that again mitzvahs are very limited each mitzvah has a connection to a specific part of the body whereas Torah is, uh, corresponds to the whole body much more wholesome and explicit, okay, and it carries on its own. there's a lot of beautiful stuff in the Nefesh HaChamimim and the Maral also on these, but let's uh, go on. So then Ravina gives a different answer. He says, oh, my, Ravina, so, so far, we, at first we said it can't be her Torah learning because she's not obligated to learn Torah. So it must be, and then we prove so it could be a mitzvah. Mitzvahs are great and they do afford protection. Says Ravina Amar Loilam Schus Torah, but Ravina says no. It actually is referring to the merit for learning Torah. Oh, but come out. Anu Mitzvah Isa says, oh, but how can her Torah learning protect her because she's not commanded and she's doing it? So it's a, it's a relatively small uh, mitzvah. Says Nehi the Bekutay La Mifkada by Igra granted she's not learned to actually she's not commanded to actually learn Torah. The Mikri No Maisinan Banayu Benotra Nuhula Gabrayu at the Asumim by Brosha. The fact that she gets her children to learn and she waits and puts in the energy for her husband to return from the base Medrash Milo Palgand Bahadayu does she not get an equal share in the Torah learning. So a woman's sacrifice on enabling her children to learn and getting her children to learn and waiting for her husband and having all those issues because her husband's the difficulties because her husband's busy learning she gets equal schar in that so granted she doesn't get her schar for Torah learning through Torah learning she still has this equal schar of Torah learning this is similar to what we say and the Gemara will bring it now um, you know the Yisachar's Zvulun partnership the one provides the physical support for the Talmud Chacham and the Talmud Chacham sits and learns for both of them. You don't say that the one doesn't get Torah or whatever. No, they equal partnerships in both. But even the one who doesn't learn Torah, since he supports Torah in that deal, he is, he gets, he gets Torah. And it's quite an amazing thing to say because when you go to the world to come in the base medrash, uh, the base medrash in the world to come, and you're sitting and debating Torah, it's all very well for the Talmud Chacham who spent a good few years learning. He has what to say and discuss. But this person who's been doing business and supporting the Tamidei Chachamim, so no, he's given Torah. He's given it. So he also fits into the basement. Okay, something you have to think about how it works, but he gets it. So, so too, yeah, a woman. I mean, it's interesting if you think about it. Um, a lot of shirim and a lot of learning is in the morning. And that's when, that's part of the, one of the most hectic times, getting the children ready for school, getting their breakfast, getting them dressed, packing school lunch. And also then in the afternoon when you go out for Mincha and you spend a bit of more time learning. Or if you go out at night, your wife is then stuck at home alone while you want to learn. So the, the huge sacrifice, and it would be impossible for the husband without his wife, and therefore she gets her fair share in his learning. So it's my pasha. So that's the drosh. Then we said my pasha. Up above we said, what's the pasha's drosh? And remember we said a person stumbling along in the pitch black night, and there's all these calamities. There's the dangers of tripping, they're the dangers of wild animals and gangsters, and not only that, he doesn't even know that he's on the right path. So he said the dangers of tripping, etc., that can be saved by mitzvahs, I, a person can protect themselves from punishment, etc., by doing mitzvahs. He can protect himself with light from wild animals and uh, wild animals and gangsters from the, with light, with Torah. 
But what does it mean? He still doesn't know if he's on the right path. So that's what we're going to know. But just remember, I know um, they always say they say that if you were to um, not recommending it, that if you to walk around in Kruger during the day, much less likely that you'll be attacked by an animal than if you walk around at night. And so. Um, so we see that. So, so it is that time when dawn, you learn Torah, you're protected from the Yetzirah. That's the wild animal gangster. So, what does it mean that you don't know which way you're on until you reach the crossroads? So, Amr Abchis to say Tamud Chacham Yomisa. That's referring to Tamud Chacham on his day of death. Rab Nachman by Yitzchak Amr and Tamud Chacham Yiraschait. That's referring to Pashas Drocking the Crossroads. Is a Tamud Chacham who has fear of sin. Mazutra Amr Zeh Tamud Chacham the Sal Kalei Shmai Salibu the Hilchata. This is referring to the Tamud Chacham who merits to have um, the halacha decided in accordance with him. Um, well, so what are each of these? Even when you're in this world and even when you're delving into Torah, you don't know that firstly you're not going to go off at the end of, the li- of your life. Uh, if you stop learning Torah today, you never know what's going to happen to you over the next few years of your life. There's no guarantee that you're going to die as a tzaddik until you actually, and that the Yetzirah is not going to overpower you until the Amr Chacham on the day of his death, he can look back and say he's been on the correct path the whole time. And the Maral adds that it's also got to do with, as long as you're in this world, you're, you, you might not realize it, but you're being pulled by ulterior motives. I'll come to uh, Shul on Shabbos, but are you coming to Daven or are you coming because you heard there's a good bracha? Not, it's not bad. It's not bad that you're going, it's good that you're going to Shul. But you've got to realize, oh wait, there are ulterior motives. And those things can always pull you. Are you on the correct path? And only when a person reaches a dead death can look back and say, yes, I've I, I traveled on the correct path without getting, uh, turning left or right in the wrong place, without following certain materials and certain ulterior motives. And, and that's why he brings then Yiras Kait also protects us. Not only when, you, when a person dies can they look back and see that. Yiras Kait, that high level of awareness of Hashem, if you look in the Silas Yisharim, Yiras Chait is one of the last, highest, highest levels. That high level of awareness of Hashem keeps you on the path and makes you, it makes you aware that everything you're doing in your life is directed at Hashem and not for any ulterior motives or external factors. And um, what did he say? And Marzutra, he says someone who merits to have the halacha decided in accordance with him. Um, he says there's a special aspect of MS of being on the correct path when people agree to the halakha that you say. So we could be having a halakhic or let's say in the Beisdin, we have two great rabbis having a halakhic discussion and the one says, well he thinks it should be like this because of A, B and C and the other one says, well, those don't fit in because of da and he says the halakha should be something else because of his reasoning and then they present it to the they discuss it. I mean, let's just create the pictures. They're discussing this in the Sanhedrin, and they vote in accordance to the one. Even though we said both of them are Hashem's will, there's a special aspect of, of straightness. There's a special aspect of um, truth to the one who everyone says, let's follow that way as the halacha. So that's what the Pashas Drachim is determining, that you've got that, that level of, that special dimension of straightness. Okay, Dovor Acher, then we brought another explanation to the Pasuk, that an Avera can extinguish a mitzvah, but not Torah. It says, Omar Rabbi Yosef, 
Rabbi Yosef gave a drosh on this pasuk, and it's as if he heard it straight from Sinai. I, it's cutting. I think. It, I think what he's saying is a cut to the essence of the matter. It says, And if only Doeg and Achitofel made the same drosh, they would not pursue after David. Just to give a bit of context to this, is as we said, Doeg and Achitofel were David's arch nemesis, and they caused him some of the most difficulties that he went through were caused by them um, but what the Marshaw points out we're going on a conceptual basis because first if you look at the Pasuk we're going to Darshan it's from Shlomo HaMelech so they could not Doeg and Akitofa were before Shlomo HaMelech so they could not Darshan that Pasuk and I think that's also what it's saying it's like it was said at Sinai, if they would have understood this concept, I they missed this point. Okay, we see it alluded to, maybe clear as Bashlom Amelech, but it was it's definitely a concept that's been there since Sinai, and it's a key, and it's a key concept that they missed. Um, they thought that by the fact that David sinned, and one explanation is it sinned with Bathsheba, which again, then it's difficult to say Doig because Doig was taken out the picture. I think he was taken out the picture before David sinned with. Um, with Bacheva, but again, I think what it's saying, he wouldn't have done his sins to go against David for whatever reasons he saw if he would have had this concept. And what is that? But some actually want to take Doeg out. That granted, he could still, they thought that once David sinned, he was free game. He loses his merit, he's free game, and they can take him down. That's what they thought. And that was the mistake. So what is it? Um, do you see that it's written? David's enemies, David's enemies were saying that Hashem abandoned him. My Dorush, and what was the dor, the drosha of Rav Yosef? I mean, that's a possible to You shall not see a promiscuous thing in you. And the pasuk continues, and sorry, the pasuk ends off, um, then an Hashem will turn away from you. Ah, if you get involved in, if you get involved in promiscuity, Hashem will abandon you. So the whole ain't on mitzvah. So they weren't aware that you're right. The avera can extinguish it, the mitzvah. However, the Torah does not extinguish the Torah. And David, as we know, if you look at the beginning of Meseches Brachas, I don't know if you remember that far back, three and a half years ago, David was a phenomenal Tamar who spent a lot of time learning Torah. So granted, he was, you're right, from the mitzvah aspect, they now could have power over him. Because he learned Torah, that would never be extinguished. Then it says, My buzu vazula, that they will mock him. So this is going back to the Pasuk that we said, much water, I mean, this one, that so much water won't extinguish the love. You can't, Averis um, won't extinguish the Torah that a person's learned. And, they will mock him. So, sorry, this is not like Shimon, the brother of Azaria, or like the case of Yochanan, the Venusia, rather it's like Hillel Veshavna. Shimon, the brother of Azariah, he's called the brother of Azariah because when he was learning, his brother was supporting him. Again, this Yosef, um, this Yoich, Rebbe Yochanan of Devanasir, when he was learning, the Nasi was supporting him. I, they enabled them, they paid their fees, they got them a home, they made sure they had food, they supported them while they were learning. Unlike 
When Rav Dimi explained, he told us what happened with Hillel and Shavnai, the brothers. Hillel also Hillel went and learned Torah, and we know that Hillel sacrificed everything to learn Torah. It says, the Gomorrah Numa says, if you think that your level, your financial state is an excuse to not learn Torah, look at Hillel. He had next to nothing, and look how far he went to learn Torah. So that's Hillel. He went to learn Torah. Shavna went and got involved in business. Le Soif. Later on in their lives, Shavna came to Hillel and said, Let us divide the spoils. You share your Torah with me and I'll share my wealth with you. It says, They saw even if someone gives all the wealth of his house, he will be mocked. You can't come after the fact and pay someone. Everything that Hillel did when he was learning is his merit. And this is all afterwards and too late. Okay, so those are yeah, some beautiful pieces of Agarita on Torah learning and the power of Torah. And obviously there's a lot more to discuss, but let's go over the daft to the next page. So he says, Oma ben Azai, Chayvodam, Nilmod, Es, etc. Ben Azai said that he should teach his daughter Torah. Blezo Oma, Kolamalamid, Es, Bito, Torah, and Malamid. Tiflos, anyone who teaches his daughter Torah, it's as if he teaches her to be promiscuous. That's one way of explaining it. So Tiflos, Al-Kadaitach, Elo, Eimah, Ki, Ilulam, the Tiflos. Don't say teaching Torah is teaching adultery. It says, or teaching promiscuity. It says, if you're teaching her Promiscuity. He would never have referred to teaching Torah as teaching promiscuity. It says, Omar Yavu, my time in Rebelazo. What's the source for Rebelazo? To see as it's written, Ani Shochanti Aroma. I am wisdom and I dwell and I am the neighbor of slyness. I, Torah, the wisdom of Torah can make a person very sly. And that's what we know and we mentioned that you'd learn lots of loopholes if you learn Torah and a woman. Due to her nature, we'll see a bit further in the staff, is likely to use those loopholes to cause her to stray promiscuous, uh, in promiscuity. As he becomes wiser, he becomes more sly. How do the Rabbonin explain this possible that Chochma and Slyness go together? Rebeleza says it's to warn us that don't teach Torah because we'll teach Slyness. So me boilay le kud Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Chanina they need it for what Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Chanina said to Amr Rabbi Yosi Rabbi Chanina ain't divrei Torah miskaimim ella b'mishem amid atma orum aleihem. Torah only stands with someone who is the orum is either naked or sly over them. Rashi gives two pshat. The first pshat he says is, you make it as if you have nothing besides Torah. Now, you don't care about your financial status etc. because you have Torah. Shenemar, as it says, Ani Chochmo Shochanti Aroma, I am wisdom and I dwell um, amongst the Orum, the naked. Another pshat that Rashi gives is that you use tricks to learn Torah. You've got to be sly about how you learn and how you remember your Torah. Again, one of the things is you think if you do learn a lot, you'll become a Talmud Chochem. It says, no, rather learn little by little, making sure you remember it, etc. Don't go for, you know. So you've got to use strategies and tricks and slyness to keep your Torah. It says, The Torah only stays with someone who makes it as if they do not exist. Chochem is found by someone with nothing. The easiest is to uh, understand this from an aspect of uh, financial, but I think there are other emotionally and uh, mentally, if a person considers him great and uh, etc., has all these other considerations, how's he going to become great in Torah? 
says Rabbi Yeshua, I'm Rabbi Yeshua, says, right, it says, Rabbi Yeshua says, says, my karma, what's Rabbi Yeshua saying? So, hachi karma, this is what he's saying. A woman would prefer to have one kav with tiflus. Rather than non kavin and abstinence. I, she would, and asceticism. She would rather, Rashi, she would rather live a poorer life, being more intimate with her husband, being closer with her husband, than live with wealth but never see her husband. Tulsa's so bring in, remember in, uh, in Nida there's a discussion of different professions, how often they have to be with their wives. If they're a donkey driver who works locally, they have to be with their wife more often. If they're a camel driver, they have to be. And he says a woman would prefer a husband who's a donkey driver, earns a lot less money, but he's at home more often, than a camel driver who earns a lot more money, but is much rare. Because he has to travel further, he's rarely at home. He says, who are you? And I think this goes back to, there's something in a woman's nature that connects to this physicality. And that's why when she learns Torah, the Torah would be used for this. Whereas a man is not as... It's interesting because we often see men as being more... But, uh, but there is something to it. Obviously, there's a lot more to discuss on the depth of this. But let's go on. Who are your Omer Chosid Shaita? Then we mentioned that you get a Chosid Shaita. Um, he gave a list of people who destroy the world. So now we're going to discuss what are... It says, Dami Shaita. What's an example of a Chosid Shaita? So he says, Kagon, to call Tova Isis of if a man sees a woman drowning in the river, he says, It's inappropriate for me to look at her and go save her. I think he's a chasid shota. He says, What are you doing? There's someone dying and you're going to be, Oh, no, I don't look at women. I don't touch women. I can't save her. You've got to get. Now, interesting, we've just seen over this Masechta the severity and the dangers of uh, a man and a woman mingling. But you've got to have your perspectives correct. And if you're too pious in this sort of situation. Um, Tosfus bring another example from the Yerushalmi. Someone who says, well, if I ju- he's, someone walking along wearing tefillin and they see a child drowning. It's like, oh, well, I better mo- remove my tefillin before I jump in and save him. Again, you've lost the plot. You've lost track of what's pious and what's right. Um, there are lots of many examples, but this is the danger of someone trying to be pious without getting to the key of the issue, without understanding the depth and the background behind it. Um, maybe we'll get a chance to discuss it a bit more tomorrow, but let's go on. What's a Rosh Aram? We're going to give seven examples of what a Rosh Aram is. Let's just do the first few today. It says, This is someone who makes sure that the judge hears his side of the story before his friend arrives at court. As soon as he's heard one side of the story, I actually know this from a fairly recent example, it's very, very hard to see the other side. Even when they bring you lots of proofs to their support. It wasn't something I ever wanted to hear about. But, uh, you know, a fight that was going on. And you, you hear one side of the story. It's very hard to, well, you start justifying to finna. If a dying hearing one side of the story, then he thinks. So someone who sets it up, again, a court's not allowed to judge before both litigants are there. But if you set up the situation, you know, you're sitting next to the dying in Chile and you're telling him uh, your story of the week and you're including what happened. He's going to hear your side of the story. So you set up the scenario. That's a Rosh Um Secondly, Rabbi Avu Omer Zanois and Dina Laoni Lahashdim Lomosayim Zuz. This is someone who gives a dinar to an Oni to complete his Mosayim Zuz. I'll explain it and then we'll really read it inside. A person who, uh, who has less than 200 Zuz is allowed to collect Leket Shikhafal Kaya, the Matnos Anir, and Maaser Oni, etc. How much can he collect? 
well, in one gift, he can collect as much as he needs. So if you have a, if your, what's a, I don't know if your, your net worth is, a, is a 199 zoos, you can go and collect, uh, get a huge parcel of Matnosaniyam. But if so, a Russia would give him one zoos, and now he's got 200 zoos, he can't even collect a tiny drop. So he's being sly, getting him just above the, what's it called, the poverty line? to cause him a loss. The plan, as we learned in a mission, initiation on my signs, who's loyita lekechichu payah, someone who has that 200 zoos is not allowed to collect lekechichu payah, who maser oni, or maser oni. Hoyolomo sayim koser dina, if he has 199 dina, if he's getting a thousand in one parcel, he can receive it. So this rosh is causing this person to suffer much more by giving him one dinner and taking him to 200 zoos. A third example, this is someone who advises someone else to sell Nechosim Atim. We know that if um, generally sons inherit, Chazal made a Xaira that if there are only a few assets in the property, sorry, generally sons inherit and the daughters are supported from the estate. Xaira Drabonim. However, if there's only few assets in the estate, then the daughters get sustained and the sons get to um, the sons have to go begging and but if the sons sell the assets since they derive so they belong to them it's a good sale so if you interfere and go tell some sons that you know you're not going to get any of your inheritance because it's all going to go to your sisters or it's going to be used up in supporting your sisters then that's a Rosh Hashanah. Someone who goes and advises um, Yosemite to sell the ship. Um, sorry. Yeah, someone who advises someone to sell the Chosmoatim. Um, if someone advises them to sell, it's a good sale. What they sell is good. A buyer, Omar, a buyer says. Um, Again, if you notice the last two and this coming one is or is someone who interferes in a way that they can't to the detriment of someone else. Sorry, not in, the, in a way that they can, but in something that's not really relevant to them. So, so Abai gives another example. Someone who advises someone else to sell assets in the case of Rabbi Shimon Gamil. If someone gives a gift and it says, here, I'll give you my car, but when you pass away, I want it to go to Ruvain. So what should happen is this person should take the car, use it as long as he lives, and then when he passes away, it should go to Ruvain. Now, what if you come and advise that person? So, what happens if the Rishon sells it or consumes it? Rebbe says that this second person who was supposed to get the gift, I Ruvain in the scenario I gave, even though the person the gift was given to, and said, when you, when you die, it must go to Ruvain. When he sells it, Rebbe says that Ruvain can go and collect it from the Lukuchos. However, Rebbe Shimon Gamil Omer, Shai Rishon, no, the Shani doesn't have any rights in it. The Rishon, the person that was given the gift first, really owned everything. And by you advising him to sell it, now Ruvain loses out. And that's the Rosh Aram, because again, why are you getting involved in, again, you're causing Ruvain to lose out, you're causing the will of this person. He had this car and he gave it to so-and-so, who was supposed to give it to so-and-so after him, and now you've just caused 
that loss and that uh, ruin to him. I think we'll leave it here. We'll continue the fifth, sixth, and seventh one tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh,